Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ-likeness. That is the goal, men, right? To live and walk just like Jesus. And praise God, he gave us that invitation. You know, in fact, I think about the prayer in John 17, where literally Jesus prayed for you and I, starts around verse 20. He prayed for you and I that we would be one with the Father just like he was one with the Father, that he would be in us and we would be in him. And he prayed that for you and I. So just relax, guys. Jesus has prayed for you. And like Peter, he has prayed that our faith would not fail. And you're not going to fail. Jesus is with us. He's in us. And we're walking together, men. I want to welcome you to the conversation today. And we're going back to Acts chapter 20. And our foundation text for this little short series of conversations is verse 24, Acts 20, 24. If you missed last week's, we did a little bit of a setup for the conversation. And the context here is where Paul is saying goodbye to the elders there in Ephesus, a region, a city that he had done a lot of work establishing the the local churches there. And the elders came to see him off as he was making his way towards Rome because he had a word. He had a prophetic word. Maybe some of you men have a prophetic word. And because you have this word, sometimes we can buy into the thought that, man, God has spoken. God has said it's just going to be automatic and just put it on autopilot. And we're just going to cruise our way into our destiny. But maybe like me, you have found out real quick the enemy of our soul does not just roll out the red carpet and say, Welcome to your destiny. <laughs> no, there's a lot of opposition. In fact, Jesus promised us not only opposition, but he promised us persecution. All who live godly in Christ Jesus, those who are pursuing destiny, those who have a word from God, they're going to suffer persecution. There will be persecution. There will be adversity. And this is a great verse for you and I, men, to be strengthened as we pursue destiny as we pursue the promise of God for our life, as we pursue the call of God upon our life, and every one of us men have a call. It doesn't mean that we're necessarily all called to fivefold ministry, but we all have a call. We all have a destiny. We all have a purpose. Every one of our lives are a part of God's plan. And so in Acts 20, verse 24, let's hear what Paul said, because you and I, we can receive encouragement and direction from his words. He says when he, he gave witness to the fact that I've got a word to go to Rome, I've got a word to, to, to speak to the believers in Rome. Remember, he was sent to the Gentiles. His commission by the Holy Ghost was to the Gentiles. Peter was sent to the Jew. Paul was sent to the Gentile. So he had to get to Rome. He had a, he had a, he had a date. <laughs> he had a destiny. He had an appointment there. And so along the way, it says in verse 22, Acts 20, 22, and now behold, I go bound in spirit unto Jerusalem. He, this is on his way to Rome. And he says, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, except I say by the Holy Ghost, and this has been witnessed by the Holy Ghost, that in every city bonds and affliction await me. So as he's making his way to Rome, 
which is ultimately his destination. You find about that in the very last chapter of Acts. He's got this next stop, Jerusalem. And the elders in Ephesus are going to send him off, and they're praying. They're going to have to say goodbye. And he's later on, he says, you know, you're not going to see my face anymore. So they're, they're, they're kind of broken up by all this. You know, this is a very sober moment for them. And here's what Paul says. But none of these things move me. It's so easy to be moved by emotion. It's so easy to be moved by feelings. It's so easy to be moved by circumstances. All of us, any of us, can be moved by emotion and feeling and circumstances. And not even just, uh, you know, wicked ones, you know, ones that we know are, are sinful and wrong. Of course, we need to resist that. But we can even be moved by feelings and emotions and circumstances that are not necessarily wrong and sinful in a sense that, you know, we would measure them that way. These feelings can make sense. These emotions can make sense. These circumstances aren't always bad. But, you know, if it's not God's plan, there's a difference between what is good and what is God for you and I, or God for me, or God for you. It can be good generally, but is it God for you? Is it God for me? Is it God's plan, I mean? When I say, is it God? I mean, is it God's plan? Is his purpose? You know, all things are good. You know, you you get on fire for the Lord and everybody who's doing good things, man, they're going to try to rope you in real quick. Help us over here. Help us over here. Help us over here. In fact, you've probably heard the, <laughs> the phrase, if you want to get something done, just find someone who's busy right? Because that's the people who are the movers and the shakers. They're getting things done, right? And if you want something done, find somebody busy. They'll probably add it to their plate. But here's the thing. We have to learn to be selective. In fact, one of our mentors said it this way. He said, if you want to be more effective, you got to be more selective. So not everything that is good is God for me. Not everything that is good is God for you. And so it doesn't mean we can't be helpful. It doesn't mean we can't just lend a hand. We don't always have to hear a voice to say, go help them. I mean, man, just Jesus went about doing good and healing, you know, but don't miss the first part. He went about just doing good. So I'm not saying don't, don't go into a ditch on this, that you can't ever just lend a hand. I'm saying though we do have to be selective. Not everything that is good out there is God's call and God's plan for us. And so none of these things move me. So Paul had a focus. And how many know if we've been marked by Christ, there's a plan for our life, there's a purpose for our life, there's a call on our life. And as we discover that, and as we're pressing towards discovering that, we need to be focused and not get distracted and not be moved by feelings, by emotions, or by circumstances. In fact, Scripture says this two places in Proverbs. The same proverb is mentioned, uh, 1612 and 1425, I think. Um, but I know it's chapter 14 and chapter 16 of Proverbs. It says, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. Now let that sink in. There's a way that seems right. It makes sense. It feels right. It, you know, I got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, man, I hope you're not living by goosebumps. I'm sure you're not. But it can seem right. 
It can feel right. It can make sense. There's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof can be death. So it's not about just what seems right, what makes sense, what feels good, what looks good. You know, I've heard it said this way, just because the door's open doesn't mean you're supposed to walk through it and flip it around. Just because the door's shut and locked doesn't mean you're not supposed to be in there. You say, well, how am I supposed to know? Do I go through it? Do I kick the door down? Do I avoid the open door? I mean, how do I know? We got to know the Holy Ghost. It's the only way to know is to have the witness of the Spirit. Notice what Paul said here in Acts 20. He says, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will befall me there, except the Holy Ghost witnesses. In every city that bonds and afflictions abide me. It's the Holy Ghost witness. See, we live by the witness of the Spirit because Holy Spirit knows everything. He knows where you and I are supposed to be, when we're supposed to be there, where we're not supposed to be. The Holy Spirit is our personal guide. He leads and guides us into all the truth. So knowing the Holy Spirit is key. And it all begins by acknowledging him. Jesus said, I must go away so that he, the Holy Spirit, can come. So men, we need to acknowledge Holy Spirit. We need to acknowledge his presence. We need to acknowledge his person. He is God. He is God with us. He is the spirit present, ever present, omniscient, all, all knowing, all present, all powerful, Holy Spirit. He's with us and he's in us. When Jesus rose from the dead, he breathed on the disciples and he said, receive Holy Spirit. Man, that's what happened when you and I got born again. We received Holy Spirit and he will personally lead us. He will personally guide us and he will give us a witness, a witness on the inside. It's not a voice. It's just a knowing. It's an unction. It says in 1 John, you have an unction from the Holy One. That's a witness and you know all things. That's a great promise to claim men especially if you're needing direction, just claim that promise. I've got an unction from the Holy Spirit. I've got an unction and I know. Even before your head knows, declare it. I know. I know everything I need to know. I know everything I need to understand. I know. I, uh, I have an unction from the Holy Ghost. So Paul functioned by the unction. You and I can function by the unction. And so here's what Paul knew that bonds and afflictions abided him. It was a witness he had, but none of these things were going to move him. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. So here's one of the first things that's going to keep us focused, men. One of the first things that's going to keep us, once we establish the witness of the Holy Spirit, we then need to realize this is not about us. Notice the things that discourage us are usually self-centered. The times we feel offended, the times we feel um, let down, the times we feel rejected, the times we feel discouraged, all of that is made possible because I focus on me. I make it about me. But what happens if, like Paul, Galatians chapter 2, I died 
and I am buried with Christ. I mean, how do you discourage a dead man? How do you reject and offend a dead man? <laughs> In fact, let's just look at this Galatians 2. I can kind of feel some of you wondering, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is encouraging me or not. Oh, it's very encouraging because it's it's total and complete freedom. It's total and complete freedom. Galatians chapter 2, right at the end of the chapter around verse 20. Here's what it says in Galatians 2, and let's pick it up. I think verse 19 is where I want to start. Yeah, here's what Paul said. Same one writing there that none of these things move me. Here he writes to the Galatians, Galatians 2, 19. For I, through the law, am dead to the law that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Let's just declare that, men. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness came by the law, then Christ died in vain. I don't know about you, men. I don't want to frustrate the grace of God. So I need to cooperate with the grace of God and allow that what the grace of God did for me is it allowed me to be crucified with Christ so that I could be resurrected with him and given a new life, a new purpose, a new focus, a new set of emotions, right? I don't want to just identify with the fallen emotions of the first Adam. I want to identify with the resurrected emotions of a new man and a resurrected man, Jesus Christ. And so when Paul says back in Acts 20, none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, we as men have to do the same thing. We got to make sure that we do not let this be made about us. This is about the glory of his great name. This is about Christ living in and through me. It's about the light of who Jesus Christ is being seen in my marriage, being seen in my parenting, being seen in me as a follower of Christ. But one of the things we'll have to be willing to face is when temptation comes and trials and tests come and it feels very personal. I want to share a testimony as I close today's podcast. You know, in high school, I was able to play football. And in the offensive positions, I played either a swing back, uh, which is kind of like a running back, and or wide receiver. Well, being the case, I carried the ball quite a bit. And you know what I found out as soon as I got that ball? I mean, up until that point, you know, I only was dealing with a few people. You know, the, the person in front of me blocking, whatever. But as soon as I got that ball, I was the most popular man on the field. And it wasn't me. It wasn't number 48. It was the ball. I had the ball. That's what made me a target. That's what made me popular. And that's what made the opposition come. That's what made me get tackled. <laughs> right? That's where all the blocks came from the people on my field. Man, they didn't just love Spellman. No, they wanted to make sure they helped the ball reach the end zone. So the blocks I received, the help I received, it wasn't just personal. I wasn't just getting help because it was me. It was because I had the ball. And you men, 
If you've been marked by Christ, then you are a popular target for the enemy. But you're also a popular one that we're throwing a block for you today. I want you to know if you're watching this podcast or you're listening, I want you to know I've prayed for you. Our family has prayed for you. We pray for our listeners and we pray for what God's doing in your life. We pray that you make it through the adversity, that you get God's wisdom, that you have God's grace. We're praying for you. We're trying to throw a block, you might say, and block off some opposition. We can't block it all, but we can help block some of it. And we want you to know we're praying for you. I feel that many of you, you're praying for me. Some of you that watch or listen regularly, I, I trust and I pray and I covet your prayers. Because we have opposition, just like you have opposition. But I tell you, men, let's stand together. Let's, let's block for each other. Let's pray for each other. But know this, when opposition comes, it's not about you. It's about Christ in you. But that's also the same good news that's going to get you through every adversity, every challenge, every opposition, every temptation, is that Christ is in you. You're carrying the ball. You're carrying life in you. You're carrying Jesus in you. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for being a part of the podcast this week. Hope you'll share this podcast, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on some audio platform. I hope you'll share this podcast with other men. Let's get more men sitting around the table, having conversation together. Glory to God. We draw strength from each other. I'm strengthened by this time because I just know it's a precious time we share together. So thanks for being a part of the conversation. I'm going to be back with you next week, going a little bit further, digging a little bit deeper into some of these truths that we can learn from Acts chapter 20, verse 24. And so until we see you again or we're together again, I bless you in the mighty name of Jesus.